Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're going to do a little activity this morning to get our get our brains awake. Some of y'all didn't sleep well with the storm, and so we're going to do a nice activity from childhood. If you got one of those activity books, you've seen. Uh, if this works, maybe it won't. The activity is, let's see if we can get the technology to work. You know, go, to the, go to the next slide here. All right, so it's uh, Spot the Difference. Uh, so you remember those activity books where it's got a picture on the left and a picture on the right. Uh, try to see what the difference is uh, between the two. So if it, we got an example here for you. Uh, so you can see that there's a flower on the one side, uh, we're missing a button, we're missing a bell, right? Pretty basic concept, try to see the difference uh, between the two, all right? Uh, let's, let's look at the, the next example. All right, what's the difference between your church and your gym? Right? How many of you have a gym uh, that, that's, that you go to? Okay, there, there's also a difference between how many have a gym that you're a member at and how many of you have a gym that, you're a mem- that you go to? See, when do most gyms get their, uh, get their revenue? It's January. You sign people up for a reoccurring membership, and then 12 years later, they've still only gone once, but they keep paying their membership uh, due. See, at, at first glance, it's pretty easy to see, well, there's a lot different between you know, a church and a gym, but the reality is I think oftentimes we treat them pretty similarly. Where, yeah, it's probably good for me to go. <laughs> but I just don't seem to make the time. Or you walk in the gym and you look and you're like, these people are all in shape. What are they doing here? They've already, they've already made it. And similarly, go to church and you say, well, everyone seems to kind of have their act together. What, why do they need to be here? You know, or we look at, well, well at one point I was on, the, I was on membership and that's, that's good. I, I, in case I need a gym, I have a member, membership. In case I need a church, I have a membership. You know, we realize that gym membership is of no use to you if you don't actually go. In the same way, when we think about church membership, is what use is it if I'm not plugged in, if I'm not here, if I'm not receiving the benefits? You see, when we treat kind of church on the same level as membership anywhere else, we end up losing sight of what it means to be the church. That's what we've been talking about these last few weeks in our sermon series, and what it means to be a church member. Because if it's just the same, if it's just as optional, uh, where I know it's good, but I don't actually attend, we've lost sight of what does it mean to be the church. See, and this brings us to our text from Isaiah 50 and another spot the difference. If you want to go to, the, go to the next slide. So in, in Isaiah 50, I encourage you to open up to it. It's, we see a contrast that's being drawn. And this is, this is kind of a theme of, of the whole book of Isaiah, particularly these, uh, these songs about the suffering servants. Because what's happened is, is Israel, who Isaiah has been sent to preach to, Israel is unfaithful. Uh, Isaiah 6, the, the famous calling of, of Isaiah he says, here am I, send me. And, and the Lord tells him, you're going to go to people and they aren't going to listen. 
And that's one of the themes that runs through the book is Israel does not hear the word of the Lord and so they cannot follow the word of the Lord. They've made a God in their own image rather than the God that has claimed them, that has called them, that has promised to be their God. And so Isaiah sets up this contrast between the suffering servant of the Lord and unfaithful Israel. This is verse 5. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. See, the suffering servant listens to the Word of God. His ears are open to hear the Word of God. In contrast to unfaithful Israel, who has shut out, who has killed and rejected the prophets and the words of God. But he doesn't just hear the word. The word actually does something in the life of the suffering servant, which is what it used to do, what it should do in the life of Israel. Here's verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. See, it's not just about listening to the Word, though that is the crucial first step. It's also about sustaining with the Word, being sustained by the Word, and also then speaking that Word to sustain others. See, now oftentimes that that sustained Word seems a little bit too strong for us. Uh, let, Let me show you an example here. What's the difference between these two hymn verses? His oath, his covenant, and blood support me in the raging flood. That's on the left. We just sang that right before the sermon. It's verse 3 of our hymn. On the right, his oath, his covenant, and blood sustain me in the raging flood. And it's the exact same with one word difference. Support versus sustain. Now, support is is kind of the the original translation, probably the the best translation. translation of the original authorship of the hymn. The version on the right is from this guy. Any of you guys remember this old friend? Yeah, if, you, if you've been around the Lutheran church for a while, this is our, our old hymnal. Uh, not, not, the, not the original red hymnal, which Jesus himself wrote. Uh, but th- th- this is Lutheran worship. came out in the 80s, 90s, uh, until uh, our current hymnal came out in about 2006. Lutheran worship got kind of criticized because it played a little fast and loose on some translations. But this is where we get the version on the right. Instead of support, he's saying sustain. This is the version that, that I grew up singing, and so I'm biased towards that versus the one left. But I actually think, theologically, this is a better fit for what God does for us. See, he doesn't just support us. His oath, his covenant, and blood support us in the raging flood. What that means is that we don't actually need it all the time. As if, as if the word, the promises of God, is simply just a cane that we lean onto when we need it at some times. When I need it, it's there to support me. But otherwise, I'm doing fine on my own. When, when I need to go to the gym, I will, but otherwise I'm doing fine on my own. When I need to go to church, if I really need support, if I need help, well, it's there, it's nice. 
See, the Word of God is not simply a safety net we fall into. It's not a cane or a crutch that we lean on in hard times. No, it sustains us. See, sustaining is a word that implies that it's essential. See, the Word of God is not simply a cane that we lean on, a safety net that we fall on in hard times. It is the oxygen that we breathe each and every day. It sustains us every step along the way in good times and in bad. It sustains us. And we see this in the life of the suffering servant. Again, unlike unfaithful Israel, the suffering servant, which is Jesus, uh, we see this play out in Holy Week. Again, Palm Sunday begins uh, the the commemoration of, of the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I encourage you, as we gather together to worship, we see this playing out. What does it look like to be the church? It's to listen to the Word of God. We see this on Monday, Thursday in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is praying in the Garden, and He says, Lord, if it is Your will, take this cup away from me. But not my will be done. Your will be done. Because the suffering servant listens to the Word of God and follows it even when it's not the easiest path, even when it's actually the hardest path. Listen to the Word of God. But he's also sustained by that Word. On Good Friday, we're going to read through uh, the words that Jesus spoke from the cross. And and I I encourage you uh, to be listening for when is Jesus quoting the Word of God? Because there's a couple notable places in there. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which is quoting Psalm 22. At the very end, he says, into your hands I commit my spirit, which is Psalm 31. And it's been taught throughout Christianity that in between then, what was he doing? He was saying Psalm 22, Psalm 23, all the way through to himself. Why? Because the word of God sustains us. Even when your Savior was separated from His Father on the cross, it was the Word of God, the promises that sustained Him that He may may die and cure your sins, that you would be forgiven. The Word of God sustains us. It sustained Jesus. It was enough for Him on the cross, and so it is enough for us whatever road that we walk. But it didn't just sustain Jesus. No, He actually spoke the sustaining Word to those who had crucified Him. Again, from the cross, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And that word sustains. That word sustains you today. That that your sin, your brokenness, your baggage, whatever it is, is forgiven. It sustains you in the midst of doubts about that, when I don't feel forgiven, when I don't think it could possibly cover over whatever it is, whatever mess in my life. It's the Word of God that sustains us, that forgives us. And as we look forward to the empty tomb, that sustains us in the midst of loss and grief and struggles. Sustains us knowing that the troubles in this life are temporary. The Word of God stands forever. 
See, this is what it means to be the church. This is what sets us apart from the rest of the world. You can go anywhere, somewhere else and, and sing songs. Or you can go somewhere else and gather together with people. You can go somewhere else and, and hear someone stand up and talk. What separates us as the church is the Word of God. You see, because the best that the world can offer is you being connected. Right? I've got a picture of what this, what this looks like here. You can be connected. Right? Take a look at this, this PowerPoint. It is connected. It's plugged in. It's connected. And that's what the world says. You need to have your people. You need to have people that are going to support you. They're going to be with you. And so whether it's, it's your family, just find your people. Whether it's people at work, uh, whether it's, it's a hobby, something you can turn to to deal with the stress of life, just be connected. What's the problem with this power cord? It's plugged into itself. It's, it's connected, all right. But it's not connected to a source of power, and so it's not going to last. This is the best the world can offer. You can be all connected. You can be in the world. You can have people around you. But without being plugged into a source of power and life, it cannot sustain. Because this is what God has called us to be as the church. It is, yes, to be connected to one another. But ultimately, what sets us apart is that we are connected to the source of life. Source of power, which is the Word of God. This is what it means to be the church. Is that the Word of God is central to who we are and what we do. It's just like the suffering servant. We listen to the Word of God. And it sustains us. And we speak it that it may sustain others. And so instead of this power cord, here's what it looks like to be the church. This background picture should be familiar. Uh, we, we've talked about this throughout uh, this, this series. And it's like God, as God pours His Word into our lives, it then flows out into those around us. See, as church, what sets us apart is that we listen to the Word. We gather together and we hear the Word. See, there, there's a reason we emphasize Bible study and, and, and praying together as a family and personal and, and group devotions. Because that's where we hear the Word, which pours into us, which sustains us. So we gather together. This is what sets us apart. It's that we're sustained by the world. See, another difference between the church and the gym is you can go to a gym and not have anything in common with anyone else there. In fact, most people go to the gym and they don't want to be talked to by anyone around them. Right? Say, I'm here to do a job. We may, be, we may be kind of doing the same type of activities, but we're all separate. It is not what we're called to be as a church. It's not just to walk in, I sit, I get my Jesus, and I walk out. No, what sets us apart is that we are gathered together. We hear the Word together. We confess our faith together. We receive forgiveness together. We come to His table together. We are sustained together. We are a body we're one. We're not just a collection of individuals. We are united. And so, 
because that's who we are. You can't just walk in, walk out, and not be connected with the people around me because we are one body. We hear the word of God and then we are sustained by it. And we speak that sustaining word to one another. We speak the word to one another in, in Bible study. We speak the word together in worship. As we confess together. As we share our faith together. As, as we sing together, we are proclaiming the promises of God that sustain one another. It's why we do more than just talk about what's going on in our lives. In Galatians 6, Paul says to bear one another's burdens. Note that he doesn't say talk about one another's burdens. Think about one another's burdens from a distance and say, man, it's really, I'm really sorry they're going through that. Bear one another's burdens. And how do we do that? We speak the sustaining words of God. Words of forgiveness, words of new life, words of resurrection, words of reconciliation that sustains us. See, this is what sets the church apart. It's the Word of God. It's central to who we are and what we do. See, we just celebrated a confirmation yesterday. We had 11 of our, our young people that stood up and, and declared, yes, this is my faith. These are, are my people. And, and the design of that is not that now, hey, they've graduated. They're, they're a member. We'll see you never. No, what they're doing in, in, in confessing their faith is saying, this is what sustains me. These are the people that I need around me to sustain me through the Word for whatever comes next. And for all of us, that's what it means to be a church member. Because the Word of God is not simply a crutch that we use every once in a while. It does not support us. It is the oxygen that we breathe each and every day. In the Garden of Eden, when Adam was created, God created his body and then he breathed into him. And that's when he became alive. The word breath and spirits, or the same word in Hebrew. As God breathes into us through His Holy Spirit, coming to us through the Word, we are made alive, we are sustained. So let's be that church. Let's be the body of Christ that God has called us to be, sustained by the Word, hearing His Word, speaking His Word to one another. Because it's something the world cannot offer. Not just to, to be connected to one another, but to be connected to your source of life, who is Christ Jesus. In his name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes on 